Welcome to a day of prayer. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Together, let's engage in relationship with Christ through prayer, faith, and His Word. Good morning, everybody. My name is Layla, and you're listening to A Day of Prayer's Morning Bible Study. We're so glad you could join us, but before we get into the Word, let's take a moment and pray. God, we thank you for today, and we thank you for your loving kindness and your patience that you show towards each and every one of us, Lord. We thank you for this time together in the Word, God, to learn more about you, to become closer to you and stronger in our relationship, Lord. We thank you for your Word that doesn't change, God, that provides everlasting life to those who read it, Lord, and receive it, God. And we thank you for your goodness towards us. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 In Jesus' almighty name, amen. And amen. Well, good morning, everyone, and thank you for joining us. We're glad and excited to have you with us and to get into the Word and study it out together. So we are in Acts, and this morning we're moving forward into chapter 25. And we're going to look at verses 1 through 12. So could I get a volunteer to read that section of Scripture, please? I will. All right, LaCharles. Now when Festus had come to the province, after three days he went up from Caesarea to Jerusalem. Then the high priest and the chief men of the Jews informed him against Paul, and they petitioned him, asking a favor against him, that he would summon him to Jerusalem, while they lay in ambush along the road to kill him. But Festus answered that Paul should be kept at Caesarea, and that he himself was going there shortly. Therefore he said, let those who have authority among you go down with me and accuse this man to see if there's any fault in him. And when he had remained among them more than ten days, he went down to Caesarea. And the next day, sitting on the judgment seat, he commanded Paul to be brought. When he had come, the Jews who had come down from Jerusalem stood about and laid many serious complaints against Paul, which they could not prove. While he answered for himself, neither against the temple against the law of the Jews, nor against the temple, nor against Caesar, have I offended in any at all, in anything at all. But Festus, wanting to do the Jews a favor, answered Paul and said, Are you willing to go up to Jerusalem and there be judged before me concerning these things? So Paul said, I stand at Caesar's judgment seat, where I ought to be judged. To the Jews I have done no wrong, as you very well know. For if I am an offender or have committed anything deserving of death, I do not object to dying. But if there, is any, if there is nothing in these things of which these men accuse me, no one can deliver me to them. I appeal to Caesar. Then Festus, when he had conferred with the council, answered, You have appealed to Caesar, to Caesar you shall go. Amen. Mm-hmm. So. We're going to open the floor and give each of you the opportunity to share what Holy Spirit is speaking and ministering to you. And of course, to ask any questions that you have. So who'd like to begin? I would. All oh, right, Layla. No, no, no. Go ahead, darling. I just, I have a hard time believing that um, Felix wouldn't have 
given like a brief, if you will, to Festus when he became his successor and told him the state of affairs like we see when we have changeovers even in our own government. There is a, a meeting where you look at the state of the union, if you will, <laughs> and go, this is what's happening. This is where we're looking at going. Here's what we're planning to do to get here. And I have a hard time believing that Felix didn't tell Festus that there were already this group of 40 men waiting to eat Paul's lunch, essentially, the minute you turn him over and telling him that but festus instead of listening to the holy spirit following unfortunately in the footsteps of uh felix wanting to do the jews a favor um it's it's a bit sad to see and it's a warning to us today when the holy spirit comes to us we should not be going okay lord that's that's a nice suggestion whatever i am i'll make the own my own decisions because i have this position of authority in the natural i sit here or do this thing but realizing that god has the ultimate authority and basing our decisions upon what he said secondly don't try to demand from the lord that he give you all the details because he doesn't owe us that he doesn't have to spell everything out for us we aren't on his level and we should not be approaching him in that in such a disrespectful manner as that and i know it's not specifically um stated here in this passage of scripture but that's just what the lord was showing me about how we approach him and ask him for guidance not as you have you have to tell me that like dad you know how you feel if we've ever approached you like, Dad, you better tell us all the details. Where are we going? Why are we going there? What your, we your need lips to wear? <laughs> have not ever curled to right? make such, form such words because your lips know better. Yes, Mom, um, we've been taught that. <laughs> okay. But no, we wouldn't dishonor our natural parents exactly. in that way. Why would we dishonor exactly. our Heavenly Father, who is not only our Heavenly Father, but He is God Almighty, the righteous judge and the mm-hmm. holy creator. No. Uh, yes, you are correct in saying that in any time there is a, a changing of the guard, change of command, right? Uh, pa- there's typically a pass down or turnover period, right, of time yes. where, um, if you will, <clears throat> there's a left seat, right seat. So the person who has been in power remains in power, <clears throat> excuse me, until... You know, that period of time has elapsed where it gives opportunity for the one or unit or group or whatever it is, organization arriving that is going to assume command and control to learn the lay of the land, who's who in the zoo, and formulate a their own strategy and campaign or tweak what they had already decided they were going to do in order to give them the most success during their time there, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. State of the Union is a little different. That is a, mm. um, not a boasting, but um, usually it is set and it's for the United States specific, right? Yes. So the State of the Union address is more of a, hey, we have accomplished these things. Um, it's not been the case lately, but mm. but traditionally, historically, that has been what that was used for and to you know, rile the nation up as far as the citizens and, and say, hey, look, amazing things are happening in this nation, right? It's, um, this is what we're doing in the time that we've been here, right? Yes. Going all the way back to, I believe it was FDR with the, the 100 days, hey, this is what I've accomplished in this 100-day period, right? So yes. So just understanding that and, and the subtle differences. But yes, so there is that. And he absolutely would have been briefed or given the, 
knowledge of the situation and what's happening. But you see, Festus, he had made the the calculated decision of, I'm going to appease this group of people mm-hmm. for his strategy and his campaign and what he was doing. If I can get the Jews on my side, then they'll Then be... it'll be peace during my rule. Mm-hmm. So Paul, so you can look at this another way, right? Because Paul would have, if if he if um, Festus was allowed to enact his plan and his strategy, Paul would have been sent back to Jerusalem. Well, he's going backwards. He's going back to where he was initially taken from, which is the opposite direction of Rome, of which is where the Lord said, Lord said mm-hmm. he was to go. Mm-hmm. So on the one hand, you could look at this and say, well, Paul's just being brash and arrogant. And no, no, no. We, I'm not saying that Paul has never been that in his life, right? We've read about that. We've discussed those things, and mm-hmm. we've seen how he has grown. And by grown, I mean matured in his faith and mm-hmm. his walk and his standing mm-hmm. with the Lord. So he, uh, no doubt, is being led by the Holy Spirit to say, hey, no, 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 I'll, let's appeal this to the head, because he knows what? He's supposed to go to Rome. Well, who's in Rome? Julius Caesar. Caesar is in Rome. So I appeal to Caesar. I appeal to the head of this whole empire, organization, uh, to the leader of it. Mm-hmm. So now he's forced to say, well, then that's where you'll go. Right? But again, not fearing of death. Well, he's had two years to, not, to demonstrate self-control and not try to save his own life. He, Paul's desire here is just to do the Lord's will. Mm-hmm. And the Lord's will and his, the word he told him was, you're to go to Rome. Amen. So Paul is saying, hey, look, why am I going to go backwards? And, and you know, return Rehash. back to the beginning. He's like, no, 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 we're moving forward in the Lord. So the Lord said we're going to Rome. Well, okay, then let's, let me say what needs to be said. Clearly he was also led by the Holy Spirit to say, to get to Rome. Amen. Amen. And, you know, as God works in patterns. Amen. So we see a pattern that he has with Paul um, that we've, we've examined throughout the book of Acts, where the Lord um, would minister to Paul prior to Paul being faced with the situation Absolutely. and letting Paul know exactly what was about to happen or where they were, what God wanted Paul to do in that situation. And, you know, just basically what's, what's happening so that Paul could be well-informed and walk with the Holy Spirit in the moment of what needed to happen where he, you know, there's examples where Paul wanted to go into Asia and the Lord said, no, don't go to Asia, go here instead. Or um, he said, don't worry, speak with confidence, with boldness. I have people in the city, no one's going to hurt you. And, you know, the Lord telling him what was going to happen when he got to Jerusalem. So the Lord has a custom and a pattern of ministering to Paul pre preemptively. But I'll say that that is God is not only doing that for Paul. He does that for each of us as well. Amen. But we have to know and learn to hear his voice and um, establish our own pattern of listening. Paul also established a pattern of listening when Holy Spirit came to minister to him. And, and there's And with that. Yes, the Lord already told Paul, this is two years prior. Mm-hmm. You're going. You're to go to Rome. Right. But no doubt the Lord continued to minister that within the two years, no doubt with more detail. Right. So so not just hearing it the one time mm-hmm. and, and saying, okay, well, I know I'm supposed to go here, but constantly checking in with the Lord. And exactly, that, that was my point. Even though we don't see it written here, spelled out, 
because we know God's character and his nature, we can have confidence that he ministered to Paul before this situation arose um, at the changing of the guard or, you know, whichever was happening. God ministered to him exactly what he was supposed to do because we see God doing this all the other times before. God didn't miss a step. He wasn't like, oops, Paul, I'm sorry. I was on the other line. I forgot to switch over and tell you this was coming, <laughs> right? It, it was, that's not how God operates. So um, well, even well, though- let's, let's back up because it's not how we operate in the natural, right? That's how humans do, but that's not what God. I'm saying. Well, yes and no, because even if it's a, a child and they said, hey, can we go to, I don't know, whatever, a theme park or amusement park, right? And and their parents said, yes, hey, we're or your parents first introduced it and said, hey, we're going to go on vacation. We're going to go to this amusement park or water park or whatever it is. Well, how if it's been a couple of weeks, if it's been a week, right? Are the children not going to ask on a daily or, right? They're going to check in and say, hey, are we going? When are we going? Right? Uh, it's, yes. They're going to constantly check in. Well, it should be the same way that we operate with our Heavenly Father. Mm-hmm. It's constantly checking in and, and, and not demanding when, but, but asking, is this still the plan? Has it changed? Well, what changed? What do I have to change or do or say or, right? Uh, that's, yes. Uh, that's how children are to their natural parents. Well, we're God's children if he is in fact our God. Or stay another way, he's our heavenly father and we're his children. And he says, come to me like a child. So this is the type of relationship and the structure that the Lord created and desired for us to have with him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So... We know that God is instructing and Paul is still continuing his communion and fellowship with the Lord. So I remember reading these sections as a new believer and going, Paul, why did you, you miss this? Why didn't you just, you know, why didn't you just pay (laughs) Felix? Why, why didn't you just take care of this and get out of it and go on your way? And you could have ministered to so many more people in so many different places. And and for a long time as a, a natural minded Christian, because I was immature in the things of God and I just didn't know. I, I, I wanted Paul to be delivered, right? I wanted his life to be prolonged and saved. I didn't want to see harm come to him, but I had no clue how God operates in the things of God. And you look back at verse eight um, here in chapter 25, he says, neither against the law of the Jews, nor against the temple, nor against Caesar have I offended in anything at all. But when you look back at um, the section we read in the previous podcast, the end of chapter 24, when Felix was basically going, hey man, just give me a bribe and I'll let you go. That actually would have violated the law of Moses because it says you shall not take a bribe because a bribe perverts justice, correct? So yes. for the one who receives the bribe, there's sin, but for the one who gives the bribe, there's sin. So he, in in his walk with the Lord, and because his understanding and his, his maturity, his maturation that had happened over time and walking with the Lord, he was able to say, I'm blameless in all things, right? But in my natural mind, when I read the scripture, I was like, Paul, you're missing it. You're prideful, you're arrogant, and you missed it, and you made your own self die. That like, totally, that was my mindset about it. You killed yourself, Paul, because you just wouldn't go with the opportunity that God provided. In my mind, as an immature believer, I thought that violating the word and the character and the nature of God was an acceptable means to to bring myself, or Paul's self in this case, to a successful end. Or misunderstanding the scripture when it talks about and the holy spirit will give you a way of escape clearly you, you can look at it and go and twist it the bribe was it it's like that was it that was the way of escape but no 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 that is in opposition to the lord's absolutely will. and a misapplication 
of scripture. Absolutely. I mean, I looked at Paul, they telling you, he put the belt around his leg. Don't go, <laughs> you know, t- <laughs> don't go down there, Paul, go somewhere else, flee, flee, run away. You know, I, in my natural mind, I thought there were better ways. I thought Paul was missing it and everybody else was right. That's what I thought when I was a carnal minded Christian, just because I hadn't learned the ways and the nature of God. But now as I look at it and I'm like, no, thank you, Jesus, for your divine plan. His, the same thing that happened with Christ coming into the earth. In my carnal mind, I would have kept Christ from dying and in doing so, kept myself out of salvation and totally missed the plan of God. But in the, the mind that has been renewed and transformed <laughs> by, the, by the, the word of God, the washing with the water of the word, now I can understand because I've come to know God's character and his nature. And I can see God's divine plan happening here, even though it doesn't look pretty. You know, I would have loved Paul to be in a mansion somewhere. Well, it doesn't look pretty. It's more <laughs> of a, um, it's going to hurt our flesh. Mm-hmm. And that's the part that many try to avoid, especially as you were saying, when I was a carnal Christian. Mm-hmm. And it's going to hurt what people think of us. Mm-hmm. Paul looks like a criminal here, right? Everybody's saying bad things about him. They're um, no doubt against Many him. Many left because that's, not... that's human nature. Exactly. Well, but... he wouldn't still be in prison if he did it or if he didn't do it. Right. If he wasn't guilty. Right. I mean, why would they be persecuting him if he did nothing wrong? Like all of those things, that's if you're just looking with a natural mind and natural eyes, that's what you see. But when you go, okay, let me seat myself in heavenly places. Let me take the position God gave me. Hold on. Let me say that. And let's hear his thoughts and let him teach us his ways concerning the matter. Exactly. Now I'm like, Oh Lord, I see your hand all over this. I couldn't, I couldn't see how God was in this before, but now all I can see that, yeah, absolutely. God is doing this. Mm -hmm. And you know, he, he writes, why do the, why do the nations rage? Why do the people imagine vain things? Why are people going about being wicked and plotting vain and wicked things? That's because that's what vain and wicked people do. People who are deceived by the adversary, they go about doing just that. But for us to be um, in the mind of Christ, using the mind of Christ, looking through the perspective of Christ, coming and, and viewing things as he sees them from the place that he has granted us to be seated with him in heavenly places, we have to understand that his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. I would have never known to send someone through the prison system to cause them to affect the entire world for generations. I never would have thought about that. To, to get to Caesar, the, the emperor of the day. Exactly. Joseph had a similar thing. God mm-hmm. sent him through slavery and the prison system not because he had done something wrong and then he got converted in jail. No, he was a righteous man who went through the whole scene as a righteous man, remained a righteous man. And then God used him to, again, change the whole, save the whole world, that world as they knew it at that time, from starvation and death. But this, this is a far greater impact because we're still literally salvation from receiving the word of God that Paul shared. Now, Paul didn't share it of himself because in him dwelt no good thing, which he readily admits, which we already know. But because of the goodness of God and his, his willingness to stay in, stay the course with him, no matter what it looked like, no matter what people said about him, no matter what, and to walk in the communion, constant communion with the Lord and willing obedience, I'm being blessed by his efforts today. Amen. As are so many around the world. And, and I want to say this because you brought up a great point. Uh, you said, I would never even have thought to, no, to use not. the prison system, right? But 
that's not, I'll say two, two things. One, our, our God is not a one-trick pony. Amen to that. Right? He, he, this is not the only way he can reach people is mm-hmm. through the prison system. Right. However, clearly he already knew what was in man. Mm-hmm. Right? These people. And the mm-hmm. enemy mm-hmm. and how they would respond and react, which is why Jesus all said, hey, they will drag you before the courts and the judges and mm-hmm. leaders and mm-hmm. right and kings and magistrates for mm-hmm. my yeah, magistrates. Thank you for my name's sake. Mm-hmm. So he already knew the enemy's plans and what the enemy would try to do. Amen. And he again, as we said, is still using it or working it for his good and his plan. Look, he's at not caught it. off guard by it. Amen. So let us trust him with his plan Amen. and his purpose and just come into alignment with it. Amen. And there's no doubt Paul in the moment wasn't going three, two centuries from now, people are going to be reading my letters that I'm writing. There's, I don't think he was thinking about that (laughs) whatsoever. He was like, Lord, I'm walking with you. I'm going to finish this course with joy. You want me to write a letter? I'm writing this letter. What do I say? Holy spirit. And he was concentrated on the moment and he probably couldn't even imagine all of this that is coming from his obedience, his few acts of obedience. And, and the obedience, uh, I mean, I'll just say it this way. We can all have this in our life, but that requires being in constant communion and fellowship with God. Mm-hmm. Like trusting. The, and, and trusting Him, doing exactly what He says to, to say and to do in our life. Amen. Who knows how it will be used, and, and we may not see the impact immediately. In our lifetime. Paul sure didn't, mm-hmm. as you said, see the impact, but here 2,000 years later, generations upon generations have read what he wrote that he was given or breathed out by Holy Spirit. Amen. And many times he only preached to handfuls of people or he was writing to a handful of people. Mm-hmm. And it, it was a small seed at the time. The Lord knew that mustard seed, it, real relevance, small seed, small handfuls of people at the time. And it's yielded what a great harvest as we're coming to the, the end of ages. So, Amen. Well, let's pause there for today because there's a lot. Mm-hmm. And let's let the Holy Spirit have the opportunity to minister to each of you and to search out scriptures. And check out what we're saying is, is true. And I mean, I know it's truth, mm-hmm. but I want you to know it's true that you have it mm-hmm. always, that no one can take it from you. All right? Okay. Uh, we're not mm-hmm. going to be offended. Absolutely. <laughs> Actually, I encourage you to search out the scriptures. So, and just... Just let the Holy Spirit minister to you. Now, all those things, we're going to pause. So can I get a volunteer to close this out in prayer, please? I will. All right, I promise. Lord, I just thank you for today. I just thank you for giving us the opportunity to be inside of your perfect will, Lord. And Lord, I also just thank you for giving us the ability to understand you, Lord, and just giving us the Holy Spirit, Lord, to tell us what we should do, Lord, so that whenever we step, Lord, that we're in alignment with you, Lord. In the name of Jesus, amen. In Jesus' almighty name, amen. And amen. We love you. God bless you. Have a wonderful day. Want to know more about a day of prayer? Sign up for our newsletter where you'll get the latest updates on the ministry, inspiring messages, and coupon codes for the merch shop. Visit our website, adayofprayer.org, click on Connect in the menu bar, and complete the form. Be sure to check the box that says subscribe. Thank you for listening to A Day of Prayer. 
We trust the Lord that you are strengthened and encouraged in your relationship with Christ. Visit us on our website, adayofprayer.org, where you can check out our blog, find additional study resources, or shop the official A Day of Prayer store. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So until next time, take care and God bless you.